Hello. If you're not sure whether you're impressed by the idea of tokens on blockchains, fungible or otherwise, today's show will be a chance to make up your mind. My guests come from different ends of the debate. David Gerard writes about crypto and blockchain and isn't a fan of either, to put it politely. He was recently here to talk about his book on Facebook's Libra project, but he's kindly come back to talk tokens. Hi, David. Hello. Josh Petty is the founder of Twetch, the Bitcoin SV-powered social media app on which you pay and are paid for your comments. Twetch is at the forefront of innovation on Bitcoin SV and has recently been experimenting with non-fungible tokens for limited edition Twetch hats. Hi, Josh. Hey, Charles. Thanks for having me. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Well, Josh, let's uh, start with the question of the Twetch hats. Um, Last time I looked on Twetch, there were 23 of them being offered for sale. Uh, The most expensive was going for asking price of $218 million. But you didn't have to pay that. That's silly money. Uh, You could actually get one for just $1,799. So so what would I get if I purchased a Twetch hat? Okay, so Twitch, the Twitch hat um, is a very special type of uh, digital item um, because it actually comes with a physical uh, peg. So the the Twitch hat, when you on launch day, if you would have bought the Twitch uh, trading card, let's call it the Twitch rare hat, uh, you would actually have a physical hat numbered accordingly. So if you purchased a hat 100, you would receive the physical hat with a marking hat uh, of 100 on the hat itself. Um, so we're, we're experimenting with the idea of using uh, BSV as the digital registry uh, or bill of sale um, uh, title, so to speak, of the actual physical item, um, which we think is really special. So uh, like you said, we did 101 hats. They all sold out in about 30 seconds. Our website was down for about, I don't know, an hour, um, a very long hour. And um uh, since then, we've seen a little bit of the aftermarket sale. So now uh, everything's owned by the users, right? After the initial launch. So if you wanted to purchase your physical, uh, your digital hat, you would approach the user that has it listed on the marketplace on Twitch Market, and uh, th- you would then uh, uh, can make an offer for both the digital and physical card. What were they sold for initially? Uh, anywhere from a hundred dollars to four hundred and twenty dollars. The price range. Um, uh, and, and the price went up towards hat number one sold for uh, $420. And do you know how much, what's the maximum anybody's paid for one now? I think the market average is around $2,000 per hat. Wow. And the, there've been a number of changed hands at that kind of price. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, quite a few actually. Right. Amazing. Um, David, will you be buying a Twitch hat, do you think? No, I don't think I will. Why but not? It's nice to have it. It's a nice model for selling things. Um, I mean, a lot of my objection to NFTs is how a lot of them are actually used and how this market actually works in the wider world. But, for example, Kings of Leon, rock band, they did an album and they said, we'll make an NFT of it. So what they actually sold was you could buy a vinyl LP of the album with an NFT and you could buy a download with an NFT. I mean, this is just ways of selling the record, and that's fine. Well, let's just let's just um, 
slow down here a bit, just for anyone who's uh, catching up with this, NFT, non-fungible token, that is basically uh, a digital uh, token of value that relates to a specific item as opposed to fungible, which is like a coin or something where you wouldn't mind whether you had this Bitcoin or that Bitcoin, they're sort of interchangeable. So NFT is is what we're talking about. And that relates to the Twitch hats in that there is a limited number of them. And you don't just buy one and it's interchangeable. It's a particular one. It's number 57 out of 100 or whatever. Um, but okay, but just going back to the Twitch hats, David, what, what do you think of Josh's initiative? I mean, it's a nice fun idea. I mean, I assume they're not paying with actual dollars that are transmitted from their bank to your bank. They're buying it in BSVs. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Per, uh, the market's uh, initial sale was all in BSV. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Fun, you can do fun things with NFTs. I mean, like the is it art question? Well, the answer is obviously. You know, um, everything is. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a world in which NFTs are this sort of fun, interesting thing you can play with, and people are playing with them, and that's good. Um, there's a lot more problems which come into the popular ones that hit the headlines, and there's problems with the way that works. My angle on this is how this market actually works and whether small artists can benefit from it, which is a separate question. So that's not so much my objections are not so much the future possibilities of what you might be able to do with this construct as with a lot of the grim realities we're seeing right here in March 2020 with popular NFTs of the sort that hit mainstream headlines. Right. Well, Josh, just turning back to you then, all the stuff that we've uh, been reading about in mainstream media about uh, NBA Top Shot and the, and the Christie's uh, NFT. Uh, what is your attitude to to that area? Oh, I think most of it's just utter crap. Um, it's really what they're doing is they're they're selling these JPEGs uh, and, and they're using mostly Ethereum, right? And the hilarious part is they're like paying a ton of money to mint these tokens. Uh, so you know, I think the cheapest way you could do it is probably like fifteen dollars just to mint a token, right? Um, imagine if you really wanted to do a lot, it would be quite expensive. I I even know a guy who's uh, who spent fifteen thousand dollars just minting tokens all over the place on Ethereum. I think it's 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 it, the economics of it just really break. It's very simple to see that once you kind of try it. Um, and we're looking at we think BSV is particularly interesting because we can actually put the data on chain associated with each, with each transaction. So there really is like the bill of sale, the notary, uh, the historical record of of like this, a limited edition piece going on and on. The price is sold at um, all of that sort of built into the transaction. Um, where on Ethereum, you don't always have that. So uh, I think it's a really a big gimmick at the moment, and we're really focused on even moving away from the word uh, NFT, and we're focusing on uh, just digital property and physical property and how those things entangle uh, between between the physical and digital world. David, do you think that there are things that you uh, have reservations about in relation to NFTs that Bitcoin SV potentially solves? It's possible to do methods that don't suck. I mean, you could do methods that don't suck on Ethereum. You know, you could come up with a smart contract with all manner of complex attributes built into it. It could point back to the NFT and the artwork. It could have a royalty sharing arrangement um, where each transaction 
pays the artist a bit more money and so on. But overwhelmingly, what we actually see is that the NFT contains a pointer to a web page or an IPFS URL, which has a JPEG at the other end. And that's literally all it is. And if you're lucky, the IPFS URL still works. So is is your objection in principle about the lack of um, sort of solidity in the connection between the blockchain item and the the thing that it's referring to or or being ownership or being the ownership of I think the problem is that it's one of these things where someone says we've come up with a new kind of cryptographic magic bean that we can try to convince people to buy for money and then it's a race to the bottom for the actual magic beans <laughs> I mean a crypto token has no intrinsic value. It has the value that you manage to give it by using it or selling it or whatever. Fine. But um, they're really, it's a race to the bottom for these things. But I mean, it, I can it, see that that you might question the, um, the legal side of the connection between the token and the item. But what yeah. about the idea that the blockchain provides a a reliable history of ownership of that item. Maybe that's a separate thing that has value in itself. That could theoretically have value, sure. I mean, a traceable record is good. But um, it's important to remember that there isn't actually such a thing as digital property yet. Really? Property is a legal and social relationship. But you have to both have the law and convince people to take that law seriously. You can't work around that cryptographically it the cryptographic record can definitely be evidence for that but for example if i steal your bitcoins then that's stealing it's a theft it's not that they are now my bitcoins by right of digital conquest you know it's theft what would you say to that josh well i would say i think uh I think most of that's fair. Um, I'm looking at this and saying, how can I just make a better efficiency in the market? So I could really care less about all this other crap going on. I'm saying there's a problem. So the problem is that there's even on, it, hilarious enough, if you go to like an Ethereum uh, marketplace, there's middlemen there taking 30% or whatever of every artist and, and all of that. And it, they're just repeating the same problems over and over. That's not even considering the cost. So I'll point out one thing, um, just to kind of step back a little bit, is that the price of purchasing an nft the minimum is so high in ethereum that actually small artists like artists that want to sell something for 20 dollars or less aren't going to be able to have any double income from this at all on bsv we can do that so this isn't a conversation about bsv this is a conversation about can we at twitch build a better platform that actually empowers people to be able to sell and trade things and make actual money from it where ethereum it's like you know just be the last one holding the bag because the initial bottom price of these things itself, they have no real price discovery. You could sell something on Twitch for one penny and it would work uh, because the fees are so low. And so that's something to point out here uh, that it opens up a whole new uh, paradigm in terms of like if you want to watch a movie and you have the royalties built in and every time you watch the movie, uh, every actor, you pay $10, every actor and it gets a dollar of that. It's instantly in the output of the transaction. Uh, so to speak, you can have it all run real time. You could do all of that. You could also just do it with good old U.S. dollars. That's fine. Uh, but there's ability, There's the ability to do that. And so it's going to change a lot of the dynamic to this. Um, I think looking at um, sort of like the law and legal perspective, it's this is 
this is something that where if uh, we have a, an artist we're going to collaborate with, we're going to launch on Twitch Market, we've come to an agreement. We're essentially going to put that agreement somewhere uh, where it's uh, objectively true. We're going to say we're going to share the profits 50-50 for this example. It's there. Uh, we know what that is. It's going to be sold only on We could even write that in the initial uh, minting of the token and have that there to point at. So if there was a dispute in the future, there's something that's like, hey, this is a contract that exists that we both are using. So you can build the contract and the payments into the same uh, minting of the uh, property itself. Now, it doesn't mean you won't end up in court if you go and take that and start making a bunch of t-shirts and a million dollars from it. Uh, it just means that you are sort of setting a better uh, precedent for the uh, beginning of this agreement. And now we can actually work with people that maybe we don't know as well because we're able to say, look, we can use this technology to like eliminate some of this risk and put it out there as this source of truth that people know that we're not scamming or they're not scamming or whatever. So I think it's really a benefit. Um, and maybe that's a slight fork where we have David, where I say, well, it's, it's just going to, it's going to help. No, but we do agree that this isn't law. This is, this is just like yeah. good business. It helps better trade, right? It helps better relationships. It connects more people and we could do stuff in a, where we're farther apart and have uh, some kind of trust because we can use this technology to, to, to connect those two things. Yeah, I mean, if it ever came down to a serious court battle, that would be something you could put forward and say, look, this is the agreement we made. This was the meeting Correct. of minds. This is what we were each thinking. This is how this works in our legal system and so on, you know, and that's fine. That's good. So just to explore this, my my interest in the connection between the token and the item itself, I just want to ask you, Josh, I mean, if I bought a Twetch hat and then I sold it on eBay for ordinary dollars who would own it after that well the person who purchased it right so the trick is to get this to a point where we are actually like able to tie the physical and digital item when it's actually acting as a registry say i sold the hat to you on a, another platform and they could scan a qr code and it, and it acts as like uh, transferring that ownership or having some kind of signature their their name uh, or whatever so that's the real trick. That's really where we're headed. Uh, you know, the sort of first version of Twitch Hat was a fun little prototype. Uh, and we just said, hey, look, we could do something really simple. We can issue a hat. We, we basically uh, embroider the hat with each number. We deliver that to per person and then go and get some knowledge from there about how to further this. But the idea is that you can have any digital item. Um, I could have a trading card in my hand use my phone on Twitch app and have a virtual or augmented reality aspect to it, plus this digital token I'm holding in my wallet where I can uh, have these three, uh, really three-dimensional, literally, and uh, I'm able to kind of have these different uh, spectrums of experience with the product. That's We're interested in that type of thing. Uh, video, It's very video game-esque, very, uh, you know, I'm like living in the movie kind of thing, uh, but it's really not that far out. So the hat is like, a very simple, primitive example of the direction we're going where the property that you have in real life or in uh, the digital life, uh, those things are interacting and and, um, and they can be as, as enterprise and, and professional um, as like, you know, uh, uh, some shipping containers or it can be a silly little hat that sits on your desk. I mean, I guess in the end, uh, it comes back to this idea that um, any, any trade uh, has to comply with the law. And I guess if there's a dispute between two people, one of whom owns the token and the other owns the hat, but not the token, then it just goes to court and um, 
arguments are just made in, in the normal kind of way in that kind of a dispute. Correct. And what's going to most likely happen is the person who bought it on eBay is going to say, here's my receipt. I own it. And they're going to, and they're going to have that unless it was other lot, you know, unless there's a, a, some kind of specific, um, you're going to keep the digital and I'm going to keep the physical. That's probably how that would work. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be more or less like that. Um, especially if you build a healthy sort of marketplace in a place where people build reputation and they can show that they've really uh, built themselves up and they have something to lose by, by being a jerk or scamming you. I mean, David, I guess that you could look at this whole um, area in terms of the way more and more markets have become more and more liquid. And I mean, going back to eBay, a, a time now where you can you can sell anything, which in the past you probably couldn't have, although you might have sold it in a garage sale or something. But we are seeing in across all sorts of markets um, things being valued and being able to be traded in a way that they weren't in the past. So perhaps this whole uh, NFT thing is just an ex- another example of that, would you think? I think attempt to stretch it. I think there's one thing we have to be careful with here. Um, the Twitch hats works well because it's only working at pilot scale. That's important to remember. The big NFTs that have gone mainstream in the NFT markets, Nifty Gateway or whatever, running on Ethereum, this is at a very large scale with a lot of large-scale problems, and that's why it's had a lot of scammers descend upon it. And it has enormous amounts of problems that they just really haven't done a lot of homework to work out how to sort out, just customer service issues like you sold me an NFT that wasn't minted by the artists and I feel ripped off. Um, or you, someone stole my NFTs and it was on your platform that you actually own and run. And and had this problem sorting out basic stuff like that because it's all at scale. And it's it's a so we have to be careful. Pilots show show potential, but everything changes at scale. And well, let me comment um, on that real quick if that's a if, if, if I can, I'll come because uh, Twitch, you know, Twitch is built for scale. We built our system yeah. in a way where when you purchase the hat, it's literally the hat is transferred to you immediately in the transaction that you're signing and paying with. So it's super interesting, right? You can it's an instant atomic swap, they call it. Uh, so this solves already a little bit of the problem. Now, that's like a nerdy thing. Mm. I completely agree that the twi- the the Ethereum stuff is super scammy because what's happening is there's not even a, there's just the JPEG on the website. There's even been cases where people are going to the uh, Ethereum-based uh, NFT website, they buy this piece of art, the artist later just goes to the website, uploads a different image of a rug, and it's like, ha-ha. It's hilarious. I agree it's hilarious. But this that is like- definitely art when you get that. <laughs> that's art. I agree. I think that's more valuable than anything else I've seen. But the, the, the problem with this is it's pointing out that there is no real reference to where mm. this original item or token uh, or whatever you want to reference it as. Again, we call it items or property- uh, there's no real reference to that. They can't afford to upload the image in the same transaction where it's minted. So on Twitch, if you go dig into the blockchain and really want to get crazy, you know, Charles, you can have fun with that. And you can find in the transaction where we minted it, the image, a file to the image. You could copy and paste that link and then go plug it into a third-party website or whatever and see that product is what it is. So it's a nice step towards this verification built in that says, well, you know, yeah, it's still digital property. I could screenshot it and go share it, ha, ha, ha. But somebody could actually prove they own it and they could prove it's the thing 
that they have that digital item and it's built into that ownership and we're solving that problem where no one else really is. It's, it's a little bit of uh, under the hood, sort of uh, the headlines aren't picking this up, but in the sort of mid long-term um, play for this marketplace, we've really got an advantage because we can build it in there. It's cheap to mint. The transactions themselves to buy and sell it are cheap. So artists can be selling things for a dollar and making margin on that. And it's, it's going to be really healthy for where this market is heading because it's not going to go away, but it's definitely going to crash. And a lot of people are going to say, well, what the hell is going on here? A lot of new artists are going to come in. They're going to try to make their quick buck. There's going to be a lot, a big wallet saturation and the market's going to chill out. Yeah. One of the big problems with going mainstream is one of the reasons why a lot of NFTs happened on Ethereum is because Ether is widely accepted and exchangeable for actual money. It's really easy to get Ether. Uh, BSV is less traded. That's a problem with a lot of the smaller blockchains that say, hey, we're much better than Ethereum. Um, but it's harder to get the native currency of the blockchain to do your transactions and so on. But again, that if you can get more trading pairs for BSV, then that will help that angle. But that's sort of at the platform level, not at the application level where you are. But uh, David, I'm slightly surprised that in this conversation, I haven't really heard from you any actual in-principle objections to NFTs. It's just the execution, really, that you're complaining about. It's a nice idea. I mean, you're buying a pointer. Ideally, you're buying a pointer back. That's going to be fraught with hazards because people do the obvious things. You know, crooks work in certain ways. <laughs> and um, they'll obviously try to come up with pointers that don't point to the art or pointers to other people's art that they don't have the sort of ethical right to make to point at even if you can't make a definable legal right, that sort of thing. And of course, we see that stuff immediately because crooks are very creative. Right, but are these just teething problems, really? It's a good question. Like, how do you get that out of the system? That'll be the tricky one. I do think that I'm amazed how fast this has all gone, by the way, the NFT craze, which has been literally a thing just this month. You know, it's like, will it be here next week or will it be two weeks? You know. But Josh, just looking ahead a couple of years then, maybe, can you sort of paint me a picture of what your vision of how this market would be if it develops in the way that you want? What, what kind of things are being sold by what kind of people and, and how would it all be working? Yeah, so um, I'll start with the thing that um, we don't want it to be, but it will become very quickly. Um, NFT is going to have a very bad PR problem. Uh, partly because of some of this technology stuff that we pointed out. Another part is the sort of perverse aspect of uh, like sort of the general direction that it's heading. We're going to see sort of this, uh, the, the only friend sort of um, sex industry tie in to um, um, it sounds very disgusting, but selling parts of your body in the sense of like, you can uh, buy my toe or whatever as an NFT. And I'm sure you can imagine other things. This is going to be a really big problem. And I, I, the word NFT is so closely associated with Ethereum now and, and eventually what I just described uh, that this is going to just become like a thing that a lot of people will not want to be associated with at all. A lot of artists are just going to reject it in general. We had people who uh, knew about Twitch and wanted to buy a Twitch app, but they said, why are those guys doing that Ethereum thing? Um, so it was a really big eye opener for us. We're like, wait, you know, this NFT is just the, known as Ethereum. That Ethereum and NFTs in general are going to have a very bad 
uh, economic problem in the way that they work, and they're going to have a very bad PR problem in sort of the general like market that's going to develop based on this. We're already seeing this with like sort of Ponzi-like scams. Like um, I forget the name, but it's based off clout. So they have tokens for every celebrity. They're selling coins for every celebrity, oh, which they don't even have permission to. And you know that's that's where NFTs are going. That's where, and it's going to be down to like somebody's toe. So we think like the physical digital thing, like I've said, is going to be pretty big. Um, I think that over, let's say, the next two to three years, we're actually going to start to see where actual games, not these like silly um, uh, pitch decks that are getting millions of dollars on Ethereum, real games are going to have real items in them that are going to be transferable. You're going to be able to play a game, and then it's going to be living in your Twitch wallet. You're going to have a Twitch. Uh, you'll earn an item like a sword in a game, and then have it as your character on Twitch. That's going to happen. We're going to have now a live stream. I'm watching a live stream. I'm watching a stream of a video like you would on Netflix. It's call it Twitch Cinema, and you're paying one dollar to watch that movie. Uh, every and it's streaming the money, so to speak. You pay ten dollars to watch that movie. All the money's going to the creators. They have it all built in. Everything's happening real time. It completely eliminates this big market inefficiency with, especially in like the film or the writing industries. They have big unions. It, this is all inefficiency and negotiation. Now you can actually have some kind of mid or long-term contract that you can see transparently is being taken care of. You're being paid in real time. You get the feedback loop of that, which is really great for the economics of it. Most artists are entrepreneurs. They just don't really know it. And we're building technology that helps enable that. But do these items, uh, do, do these examples that you want to see depend on the digital item itself being hosted on the BSV blockchain? Well, I think I think particularly BSV is uh, very favorable if you need to host something on the blockchain. Not everything has to be hosted on the blockchain. What you need is the block for the blockchain is this uh, micro payments, for example, uh, to have the pointer to the information. Basically, it's passing on a signature saying, "Hey, I actually have the thing I'm selling you. Uh, you could pay me something, and it unlocks it." Right? That's how the Twitch uh, the Twitch uh, uh, protocol works, where we sell stuff. When you pay for something, it's a signature that's unlocking the ownership to you. So it's just a chain of signatures, just like the original white paper described the blockchain. It's really ironic. We just stick to that theme and we keep inventing these new ways to do it. But that unlocking can work securely with items that are disconnected from the blockchain. That's correct. It's, a lot of people don't like that, but that's how it can work. A lot of the problem comes in that something like the NBA Top Shot. Now, that's really successful, right? It's actual trading cards. For sure. Video trading cards. The system actually works. Um, the big problem they have now is they basically the trading platform for the cards has turned into a small cryptocurrency exchange, more or less. Yep. It has all the problems of a crypto exchange. And Dapper Labs thought they were just making I mean, they were the Crypto Kitties people. And they've got they're running on a private blockchain called Flow. Well, it's public, but it's their own blockchain. It's a non-proof-of-work blockchain. It's basically a centralized system. David, but, can um, you just explain what you mean by it's turned into an exchange? So this is a problem. What they have is it turned out you could buy and sell these things for money. So they put up a trading platform for these things that you could buy and sell for money. So now um, they have the problems of a crypto exchange where you have to have firm money laundering rules in place because otherwise FinCEN will obliterate you because they're operating in the US. You know, they they keep the rules. Um, they have lots of problems with people trying to withdraw money. Like, and it's hard to tell. 
is this actually a scammer who's complaining because they were caught scamming or is it actually a problem cashing out? It seems to be a bit of both. I think that they don't quite know what they've done here, which is that when something becomes big money, then immediately the art art or even the trading card aspect goes out the window and it's all about the money. Baseball cards had this problem when they were pieces of card, but digital ones, it's all the same problems 100 times as fast. Well, Josh, you... you I had a great interest in uh, and have a good collection, I think, of Pokemon cards. So there's there's quite a sort of analogy back to that, I think, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, the trading card market right now is blowing up, and that's part of the inspiration of like where we think the digital and physical things can tie in better. Um, I'd say that, um, so with Top Shot, it's, it's just another, really, to me, a joke. The, the 30 days that you have to wait, so you have to go in and, and KYC, that's fine. Um, once you do KYC, which is, you know, I think even at like $100, you have to KYC, which is a little bit um, silly, but you have, uh, you can't really even use the currency so uh, efficiently. It, it's, there's no real meat to the bones in this platform. And if you do want to withdraw it to cash, you do it through the centralized platform, as David described, which is just then like bank wiring money between their own banks and yours or whatever. And it could take 30 days just to get verified if you can even get your money out and get qualified. It's yeah. a really terrible user experience. So it it, it, that's, it's like, that's what I'm seeing. It, it doesn't solve a problem. It's eBay is way better. So I, I'm on eBay often. I was using it this morning. First thing I do, I wake up, I have alerts on eBay. I'm looking all the time. Trading cards. I'm addicted to trading cards. And sports, um, flesh and blood, magic, Pokemon, you name it. I'm That's my um, my little side hobby, right? And I... I um, I constantly look at it. And now the problem with eBay is not the reputation system, the reviews, the general quality assurance is very good. Yes, it's an old clunky system. If you use it a lot, you start to really notice. The problem with eBay is that that has very large fees, especially if you want to go internationally. And that's not including things like shipping and insured uh, purchases. So you could end up spending uh, probably, in some cases, I've spent up to 25% more than my purchase on a on on an item a, a piece of cardboard in this case uh getting to me and that that's the problem in the market so we need microtransactions in for, in order to start to eat into that even if it's only let's say instead of 25% or 13% is the average on eBay for you guys at home that's a really interesting stat 13% is the average uh fee that you'll pay on eBay uh from if you sell something you're going to get 13% less if we could just do 10 or 5% and cut into that, then we're really solving a problem. And none of this stuff is doing that, none of it at all. So I'm very uninterested in the sort of, the technology and the platform and the foundation of this stuff's built on. I love the idea of digital art and memes being on a marketplace. That's really interesting to me. I mean, the, the big problem with NBA Top Shot, I think, is that it's very inaccessible to excited kids. It just has no story for excited kids. Yeah who excited teenagers and young kids, they buy cards, except they can't now. It's like completely a collector's market and they're just not quite as fun unless they started as one of those excited kids. It takes the art out of baseball cards, you know. It's like NFTs that take the art out of art. These take the baseball cardness out of baseball cards. It's a way of missing the point at scale. Well, this has been much more of a meeting of minds than I was expecting, I must say. Um, David, 
Let me give you one chance. What is your biggest reservation, let's put it as mildly as that, about what uh, Josh is saying about the potential for NFTs and, and what he's doing on Twitch? I think the big problems are going to be taking it to scale um, because you've tried to anticipate scale first. Will people be that interested outside the BSV world, outside the Twitch world? Will people be interested in this stuff? What problems are you going to have that you just haven't even thought of right now? That sort of thing. That's um, a difficult question to answer. going to be liquid for money? That sort of thing. Um, you know, BSV, maybe it is a technology that does the job you want, but a lot of the small chains that are trying to compete with Ethereum have the same problem. They're not widely exchangeable for ordinary, non-technical people's money. What do you have for people who absolutely do not give a hoot about cryptocurrency or blockchains? That sort of thing. I think your problems will be expanding your market. Um, you seem to have good intentions. You're trying to build something that's actually nice and fun and gives people something they like. And that puts you ahead of 99.8% already. You know, oh. I like that. That's good. Final word, Josh. Uh, thank you. I would say the um, look, the best thing, just to be clear, Twitch isn't just a marketplace for NFTs. It's just a, a one aspect of it. Twitch is oh, yeah. providing a service for people to archive things on the blockchain. It has an encrypted chat feature that uses your Bitcoin wallet. Uh, so you have all of the control over this. Twitch never hosts your password. For example, you're using your uh, your Bitcoin wallet in order to sign into the platform. So we're building interfaces to Bitcoin. That's our, our, our day one uh, slogan, and we stick to that. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that arises from it. We're just sort of getting started. Now, the thing that all those problems are correct. Anytime you want to start a business, you have all these risks, right? But we have, we're going to solve these problems. David, just stick around. Hop on Twitch every once in a while. Give us a chance. We're going to solve these problems. We will deliver. We have all the solutions, and we're building a network effect that's beyond just NFTs. We have lots of interesting people joining our platforms. Guys like Eli Roth and Danny Trejo are, are movie stars that are joining. They're super interested in the idea. They're on there actually using it. That's really the key. Uh, it's not just there to flip a JPEG, uh, a digital image. It's there to, to have some fun, network with some interesting people, uh, test out this thing uh, called microtransactions that Bitcoin enables. Um, so enough of the nerdy stuff. We're just going to deliver some good product that people have fun on. And I think that's the key to the network effect growth over time. That's got to be your product. For sure. Brilliant. Well, thank you both very much indeed. It's been really thank interesting. Uh, thanks, Josh. Thanks very much, David. Thank you. Bye now. Thank you. Thanks very much to David Gerard and Josh Petty. I learned a lot from that conversation and we can always have a nice big argument another week. Thanks very much for listening to this CoinGeek conversation and please join me, Charles Miller, again at the same time next week. Till then, goodbye.